Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 8.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetumc.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. This morning's scripture has a lot of action in it. A lot of calls to do things, to be involved in the world and in the lives of others. And that can be a scary thing. It can make us very afraid to think that my faith actually has to do something other than make me feel comforted when I am scared, make me feel loved when I am alone. But our scripture today is telling us that God has raised expectations for us. That those of us who have claimed the promise of salvation, who have received God's grace, there are things that we are expected to do. You might argue that by putting it in scripture, God has mandated certain response from us. Now, there was a time in church history when we were woefully inaccurate by saying that it was just about having Jesus in your heart. Now, certainly we are saved by faith in Christ's offering alone. There's nothing we can do to make us worthy of our grace. But instead, we embrace it. We allow it to transform us. And so we seek for the world to be transformed also. But unless you're planning on passing away five minutes after your proclamation of faith, you and I have work to do. And the truth is that this world is more interested in telling you to keep Jesus in your heart and not on your lips. That the world is very interested in saying, your faith is fine as long as you keep it on church grounds. The world wants us to be quiet about the things that God has to say for all of us, not just those who have joined in the fellowship of the body of Christ. And so we come up constantly and embattling an expectation of the church and an expectation of a culture that can be hostile toward the church. And so it is that the author of Hebrews says to us, we have work to do. We should be welcoming the stranger. We should be practicing hospitality, especially to people who aren't our family and our friends, people who may not look like us or sound like us, people who need to know that God is caring for them through us. Scripture tells us also that we should care for those in prison as if we were there with them. Do you think our prison system would look the way it does if we were there? Do you think that prison ministry would look the way it does if Christians lived out the scripture? I believe that Christ is calling us to a profound change in attitude and life. My mother was a registered nurse for decades. I never got to stay home from school. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> And she taught me a lot about the body. And one of the things that she taught me was about our vascular system and that our heart is this muscle, this very central piece of who we are. And I've learned through this that what starts in the heart doesn't stay there, that the heart is pushing and pumping our blood 
to the farthest ends of our being and bringing it back again. So how can we say to the world that we are willing to keep Jesus in our heart when even our blood will not stay there? If we have Jesus in our heart, then Jesus is quickly going to make his way through every inch of our being. And so Jesus should be embodied in all the places that our blood can flow, Mm -hmm. in our hands and in our feet and our mouths and in our eyes and our ears and especially in our thoughts. That Jesus should be embodied in all of these things and active and evident in them. And so when I read this text, I see that God has called us to very specific things. And if you pay careful attention, you'll hear echoes of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew when he talks about the day of judgment and the day of resurrection and how he will separate the sheep from the goats and say to them, you have either fed the hungry, given the thirsty something to drink, clothed the naked, and he goes on and on. You have either done that or you have not. Notice Jesus never says, you memorize the Apostles' Creed. You could recount with incredible accuracy every citation in the New Testament that I spoke. Instead, Jesus says, did you live the way I lived? Did you model your lives the way that I modeled living for you? Jesus was respectful of an ancient tradition, a religion and a faith that God personally handed down from Mount Sinai to God's people. And he honored that and he pushed it further. He took it out of the temple and brought it out into the world and let those who could never have entered into the temple structure encounter God. Foreigners could not have gone in. Even women were stopped within the outer courtyard. But here was God present in the midst of people that were not of the covenant, that were not of the faith. And Christ bathed them in grace. And we are called to no less. It is our duty, our sacred honor, to continue the work that Christ began and to build this kingdom higher and wider and deeper until all people can fit within it, not just those that we prefer. And so here we stand on a day and age where I can look back and appreciate that a lot of that text was talking about the imprisonment and the torturous persecution of fellow Christians. That the secular authorities and the political powers of that day were persecuting Christians and trying to get them to recant their faith through torture and imprisonment. But I can't also help but hear the Holy Spirit saying how ironic that even today, There are those who are forsaken into prisons and those who are tortured not to recant, but instead to divulge information. And are we people who are willing to love those people? Because I believe that Christ would. And I know that Christ, as God the Son, does. And so we have tremendous acts to undertake And it's easy to say, well, that's for some people. But God, knowing how we think, has already responded to that in Hebrews. Look at your leaders and model their life. 
Model their faith. No pressure. It's a terrifying thing to think that people are paying attention to me. That you might actually start to do what I do and say what I say, because that means that I have to really pay attention to what I do and say. And it means that I have to fulfill the call and the covenant that I made with the Virginia Annual Conference to model the highest ideals of Christian living, to know the standards that were set in the Book of Discipline and to live by them because people are paying attention. And that in doing so, I might take my place in inspiring others to live a noble, pious, Christian life. And maybe God and and all power and knowledge knew that I would never do it if I didn't have to. And so here I am. But I will mess up. I will do things and I will say things that certainly don't bring honor and glory to God. And so then I have to model for you what it means to repent and what it means to say, I am truly sorry, can you forgive me? To model humility and a desire to take grace where it is given. We live in a world that says, well, you know, it's all right. Maybe it wasn't the right thing to do, but you had your reasons at the time. God rejects that. God says that there are things that are right and there are things that are wrong. And yes, we're going to mess up. Yes, we will do things that are wrong. And that is okay if we are willing to recognize that and put that behind us and turn our face toward Christ and move forward in grace. And it's so vital that we do because there are other people out there that have been ignorant to grace and need to know that their actions and their words and their lives cause pain and suffering, that by breaking commandments they don't even know, they are sinning, and they are giving rise to evil in our world. And it is not that their hearts are evil, but instead that they don't know. And so God has called people to know. God has called us forth to be educated, to receive divine wisdom, and know that we have a purpose in this world. And it cannot only be that we gather in a place such as this and sing sacred songs that give rise to a spirituality deep within our being, to hear the word of God preached and to pray together, but that this is part of a greater whole where we come here and then we go there and that together this makes a fuller life of a Christian. It is all too easy to listen to people who say, your faith is between you and God. It is all too easy to live in a world that says, religion is private, and I don't want to see it or hear it or be exposed to it. And yet, I don't remember Jesus living in the temple. I remember Jesus visiting household after household and dinner party after dinner party, Weddings, funerals. Jesus was in the midst of God's people, the ones who claimed God and the ones who don't. And living there, he modeled truth, hope, grace, and divine love. And Jesus just didn't do it so that we would know that Jesus is God. Instead, Jesus did it so that we would have 
a standard. And by this, we live. By this, we breathe. And by this, we should die. We have tremendous work ahead. There are people who will do good things in this world without Christ in their heart. But the world will not be fully transformed if those of us who have Christ within are willing to keep him secluded in these vessels. And so God is calling us, calling us in here to go out there. And we could be afraid. We could say, this is a bit much for me. I'm feeling kind of overwhelmed and my calendar's looking a little full. We could be completely honest and say that. That's an authentic response. But the truth is that Christ came to dispel our fear. Christ came to set us free from sin and death. So what shall we fear now? Let us forsake our fear and embrace and live by our faith. Fear incapacitates, it debilitates. Faith empowers and sets others free. We have been liberated and we are called to continue to break the chains of others. And for some, those chains are their lack of faith. For some, it is something as simple as having no food, no clothing, and no home. For others, it is a deeper, more profound chain. From a world that says they are not worthy because of their gender, that they are not worthy because of their age, because they are not worthy for some ridiculous social construct. That the world thinks it can override divine command that all people are of sacred worth. Where God says that God was willing to give of God's self for the whole world. All of us have the opportunity to embrace that grace. And thank God that this many are well on that path. But there are so many more out there who need to know that God loves them and cares for them. I haven't sung the summons since I was ordained. Every year that is one of the songs that we sing in the midst of the service of the ordering of ministry. And as we sing it, we are proclaiming with our very presence that yes, God has called us to ministry. And that God has called people to wear stoles that are symbols of our authority and our power and our place in the body of Christ. But that song wasn't written for people who dress like me. That song was written for every human being who has breath in their body and a willingness to sing. Will you do these things so that I may be in you and you may be in me and the world will look a little more like the kingdom of God? and a little less of a place where pain and suffering are as prevalent as the air that we breathe. Here we are. We are on a precipice, an opportunity for the church to reclaim its purpose, reclaim its mission to the world. 
We are called to make disciples of Jesus Christ, but not just so they carry a card or can have engraved on their headstone that they were a Christian. Instead, we were called to make disciples for the transformation of the world. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to see this world transformed. I'm ready to stop reading about children who suffer because they don't have enough food. I'm ready to stop hearing about people who die because they can't afford penicillin. I'm ready to stop reading about people who are suffering for something as ridiculous as a creed. Why is this the way the world looks? Because this is not yet God's kingdom. But it will not come if we aren't willing to build it. Brick by brick, brick layer by brick layer. We are masons in the kingdom of God. And if you only lay one brick in your life, then Hebrews tells us what it is. It is to bring a sacrifice of praise. To let the truth of our Lord and Savior be on your lips. You don't have to tell it to me. I know it. Tell it to them. Because they don't know it and they don't believe it and they can't live it. And the world needs to know. Christ came above all to love. And when you love, you teach. You teach the ones you love that they are loved. You teach the ones you love how to behave so that they can not just survive but thrive. We are all called to convey divine wisdom. Some of us in very formal ways and some of us in much more impactful ways. You will go forth from this place and go back into your life And as you do, you will encounter people who would never think to darken these doors. Who think that pews are for places that you sit when someone has died. Who think that the church has nothing to offer but some magical little things with water and bread and wine. You will go back out into the world and you have the opportunity to speak your truth in Christ. And if you do then the Holy Spirit will start opening up little cracks and fissures in their understanding. Before you know it, I truly and honestly, with every breath and beat in my body, believe that they too will come to know Christ in their heart. But Christ will not stay there. So when people tell you that it's enough to have faith, it is. It absolutely is. It's enough for us. But God didn't put us here for us. God came to serve, and so shall we. May our faith become quintessential to our forms. May we be not only vessels, but those who empty themselves in mission and ministry so that the world will come to know. And they will let us build brick by brick and layer by layer a kingdom where all people take their rightful place in the presence and in the grace and love of our Lord and Savior. Amen.
Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetumc.org to learn about ways you connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.